Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Gil, aka Coach G. Health, wellness, and fitness is my passion. I'm an ultramarathon runner, yoga fan, educator, breathwork enthusiast, and a new dad to my beautiful baby boy, which is the most demanding activity yet. As a coach and athlete, I've met some of the most incredible people, and I want to share their insight, experience, and life up till now with you. In this episode, I speak with Simon Stratton, owner of Local Motion Gym in London, about how growing up in the New Forest shaped his ideas on movement, his secret for staying focused on his business, and his three favorite movement specialists. Stick around, you'll be surprised who they are. Side note, during this recording, we did have a little sound trouble, but that won't detract from Simon's wealth of knowledge and passion for human movement. So, without further ado, let's welcome owner of Locomotion Journal, Simon Stratton. And then my friend, my friend um, Darren, who I used to work with, uh, told me one day that I could make more money working in the gym. <laughs> so I went over and started working in the gym. Um, and I was sporty, and you know, but I wasn't the kind of I wasn't the kind of go to the gym guy. I was kind of like go surfing, go hiking in the forests, uh, climb a tree kind of guy. Um, so I was just sort of moving very naturally, even then, you know, I grew up in the New Forest, which is an amazing national park uh, on the south coast of England. Um, so I had access to horse riding and bikes and sailing and um, the great outdoors. So that was very much, um, you know, I, I played team sports, but um, that was very much my kind of my, my fitness, if you like. Um, and then uh, I guess chapter the chapter two would be. Um, going off to university to uh, study and then going from there on to acting school, um, becoming an actor, where my training uh, probably continued to be focused a lot on getting into shape and achieving a good aesthetic physique. But yeah, so so uh, at that point I was training, but even then, I think with my background, my kind of my background growing up in the New Forest and 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 my kind of my mentality around uh, fitness, um, I was always drawn to more functional stuff. So I was always drawn to, you know, climbing and hanging and body weight stuff, um, functional training tools. I remember like the TRX coming out, the Vipers and kettlebells coming back in and clubs and all this kind of thing. And I would, those are the things that I love to go and train myself. And ultimately I weave those things into my 
clients program why that kind of movement I, I mean i hesitate at the word exercise because it just feels exercise is a very linear type of word or, or thought whereas that's movement what, what pulled you towards those pieces of equipment or, or concepts i think the kind of the fun playful aspect of it and the, there's more creativity to be had i think using kind of freeform tools like that i'm a giant child basically if it's got if it's got an engine or you can like throw it around I'll, I'll have a go on it so yeah so probably partly that um it was fun you know it made my training more sustainable because um I wasn't kind of pushing myself to these crazy extremes and waking up every day feeling sore I was just having fun I was being quite creative with my training and my programming in fact my programming probably became more and more relaxed and my training became more playful more play focused more explorative yeah and then I guess Chapter three would be my kind of movement into into the world of movement, I guess, and the kind of the awakening, if you like, of uh, of that side of the fitness industry. If you can even kind of put it into the fitness industry, I guess we'll we'll probably talk about that later. But yeah, um, for me, it was this kind of other thing, uh, which very much spoke to my childhood, I guess, and to my kind of primal understanding of myself and how I felt I should be moving. Going back to what you said, you know, there's that. We, we just have it on a sign outside the gym. Exercise, exercise is optional. Movement is essential. Yeah, I remember that sign. There is a thing, you know, of like exercise is something we choose to do. Movement is something we must do, you know, to survive and to, to develop ourselves and to kind of prosper physically and spiritually and nutritionally, I guess, back in the day, if you didn't move, you didn't eat. You, you talk about the, the difference between exercise and movement. Coming from a sporting background, obviously, you know, swimming is a very... Um, specific skill if you like how how did you kind of transition from that you know speaking to a lot of athletes and, and being someone that um, enjoys a, a very kind of linear skill um, sort of like running it's it's very interesting to see and and feel how your body reacts to movements that wouldn't necessarily be considered you know the same old you, you couldn't really um, reproduce some of the movements that you enjoy using equipment. So, so how would you, um, how did you kind of transition from that, you know, specific set of skills to something a little less specific, but a little bit more playful? Yeah, great question. I think, I think sw even swimming for me, I mean, I didn't, I hated going to training, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, I didn't like the kind of forced aspect of it um I, mem I mean i remember hiding in cupboards and being chased around the garden and eventually like bundled in the back of the car to be taken to swim training i had good mates there i, I went to see my mates i i, I swam i was probably na naturally pretty decent you know i was never going to like the commonwealth games or anything but up to the ages of 14 15 you know it's quite a big part of my life but it was also i love being in the water i love surfing i love sailing i love diving off things I like you know I actually probably felt more at home in the water in a weird way than I did on land so it was still fun for me and it was still, I still managed to find the fun and the enjoyment in it and actually when it got too competitive that's when I stepped back when I started going to clubs and competing and there was a lot of pressure and you know you're on the blocks and there's this guy coming up and everyone's telling you that's the guy to beat and you know all that the mind get all the kind of that's when I kind of went I'm not enjoying this anymore so um I'm not hugely competitive as a person. Um, I think as I'm getting older and getting more competitive with myself in a, in a good way, in a friendly way, 
in an affectionate way. You enjoy something to a point and then the competition starts to increase to a place where why do I need to compete with that person or that team? I'm enjoying doing what I want to do or doing the skill at the level that I'm doing now. If I improve, I improve. That's fine. And I beat my my previous time or my previous score. But as soon as there's, you know, somebody in the next lane, somebody, you know, standing next to you, you know, you have to beat this person. You have to do better than that person. It, it just becomes a forced experience and, and kind of detracts from the enjoyment of of the skill that you're doing really. Now on the note of the acting, which which I really wanna get into more on the aesthetic side of things because that has over the last 10 years exploded, become so much more popular. Mm, there, yeah, there was definitely, there's definitely, and I think it's still very much on trend from the days of kind of Schwarzenegger and Stallone and these guys in the eighties, you know, they, they kind of brought about this fascination with aesthetic development and how big can I get and how muscly can I look and how vascular can I be? And, and I think that's very present now. If you go into most kind of big gyms now, that, that chat is still rife, is still going on. You know, how many chickens do you eat a day? You know, you can hear the guys like chatting to each other, drinking their BCAs and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's cool. Like it's human nature to want to look good and be attractive to other guys or girls or, you know, that's a primal drive probably just as much as a desire to kind of move. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure on guys and girls now with like Instagram and Facebook and social media to look a certain way and present themselves in a certain way and, and have a certain physique, which is, you know, it is it is what it is. I think I, I spent a lot of time in the gym being distracted by what other people were doing. I think even now, now, now probably more so because you know, there are some incredible movement people doing some unbelievable things and you're bombarded with it every single day. It's very easy to look at them and go, oh, I'd love to, be able to backflip onto the back of my head and then flick back up onto my feet. And, you know, maybe I'll set that as a goal for 2021. <laughs> and realistically, you're miles away from that. And so there's still a lot, there's still a lot of that. Um, and I think, you know, social media, it can be an amazingly inspiring place and it can also be a, a, a place of kind of, comparison is a thief of joy kind of situation you know yeah i don't know how you find that in like if it's the same in the running world you know if people are posting times and they're posting pbs and stuff if there's that little like oh that guy's really fast i need to do you have that you know the 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 running world it's it's always about that the there's there's so many more areas that you can now be better at i, I feel pulls the pressure off a lot of a lot of people um there's a big push towards bigger distance i, re I remember when i started running ultra marathons i mean i'd i'd be the the new guy turn up to a a start line of a field of maybe 20 guys and these were vintage gents. They were proper northerners. You know, it was like minus one and they were wearing their shorts and vest and, and a little dirty cap. And, you know, there there was this, it, it was respect, really. You walk up to them, you, you know, you introduce yourself, you, you have a little bit of a chat. The gun goes off and off they go. And, you know, there, there wasn't much chance for me to catch them. They, they just different. They, they grew up in the mountains. Um, you know, I come from South Africa where there's big open spaces, great place to run, but just not not developed like these guys. And then over the years, you know, racing and, and seeing new people come on, the, the atmosphere changed, the push for equipment over skills 
was definitely a, a thing that I became aware of. Um, and I, I think, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, a tough one, especially with social media. You know, what's the right what's the right way to go? Who do you follow? Who is presenting themselves honestly and showing, you know, the ups and the downs? And who are those people who are just who, who you see online all the time, just having the perfect run, having the perfect day, wearing the perfect equipment all the time? But if you're not careful, you do get sucked into it. How come they're always doing better times? How come they've got the latest gear? You know, I need these shoes or that jacket. Understanding where you are and keep people around you who, who remind you what you've done, how much you've, you've succeeded. And also to remind you that you still got a way to go. So, you know, don't be in a hurry to try and be the perfect runner or have the perfect handstand or, you know, be absolute zen. 100%. I think um, be very careful who you follow. I, I go through, I definitely go through phases of unfollowing lots of people who are distracting me from my my path. 100%. Um, and it's very, it's very hard, as you say, to discern between what's reality and what's you know, the good bits kind of thing. Now, let's let's move on to local motion. So we, we spoke about it. We touched on it earlier on. But local motion is your your baby, your your little thing. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and, and kind of where where it's at at the moment? Sure. So um, I founded local motion in 2014. And it was the the concept really behind it was to open a space, uh, a multidisciplinary movement space to essentially bring under one roof all of these things that I was kind of interested in within the container of like movement, um, which at the time was things like animal flow, kind of primal movement, um, tack fit, which was a, uh, a loaded club yoga and calisthenics system uh, think initially derived for the special forces um which was very interesting at the time because it was more about recovery um than it was about kind of trying to break a sweat and exhaust yourself so you know it was designed for operators so it was about putting in effort and then recovering as fast as you could uh yoga and calisthenics um which i would kind of more describe what we do is like gymnastic strength training but it obviously touches on those aspects we're a little bit more focused on the rings and the bar just because um i feel that it has a little bit more bang for its buck in terms of strength development and, and parkour so yeah lots and lots of other things but um so we have a we have a group fitness a group movement space um we have a private coaching suite where we have uh people running one-to-one uh, coaching sessions and then we have uh three therapy rooms as well which we've now have as like recovery pods where we have acupuncture, physio, osteo, uh, sports massage. Um, we're in the process of possibly bringing in infrared sauna. Well, we'd love to have some kind of ice bath or, so, you know, we're, we're trying to expand that side of the business at present. Um, but yeah, we've been there for six years and it's been a, it's been a slow burn. It's very niche. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of, you know, I feel like it's coming into its own and uh, there's definitely you, when you open your men's health magazine now, you you know, it's not all get a six pack in six weeks. There's a bit more in there about breath work and mindfulness and um, gymnastics training, body weight stuff. Yeah. And I think lockdown probably, hopefully when we come out the other side and um, people, a lot of people rediscovered or discovered a, a new love for body weight training. 
and realize that they can have a very good workout and it can be as hard as they want it to be just using their own bodies um, and develop new skills and so that's really the purpose of the, of the space it was i guess supposed to be to bridge the gap between the urban populace and the kind of idea of moving more naturally as we were intended to move and trying to create an urban space where people could explore their kind of natural physical potential and kind of and revisit I guess some things that they would have had when they were rolling around in diapers and may have lost over the years yeah 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 Go, going back on that that whole idea of play and you know moving in a, a huge range of of directions rather than just you know that straightforward back and forward motion or left to right you've got endless amount of of directions and, and skills and abilities to to use here and again you know you don't have modern day gym equipment if, if i can put it that way you, you there's there's no pack deck there's no treadmill in your uh, in your studio yeah we have a couple of barbells we, d- we do some olympic lifting um which you know is great um we have um kettlebells and club bells we have climbing ropes and a rig and, and an astro track which we crawl up and down slide things up and down push and pull and um but that's it yeah we have one we have one machine which is a cable machine which is just great for training loads of different patterns and um progressively loading things and doing sports specific training as well because some of our coaches are still very heavily into the strength conditioning and working with athletes and um but yeah you're right i mean we, we use a lot of <laughs> we use a lot of wooden sticks and tennis balls and things on strings and um, ropes and all kinds of different functional tools i guess yeah and play is a very big part of what we do you know playing but i guess play seriously is uh the old movement catchphrase so like have fun but also pay attention to what you're doing and invest inwardly in what you're practicing and how you're practicing and the quality of what you're doing um that's as important as obviously having fun learning new skills and you know the great thing with with movement training for me the reason it was so addictive for me is it's, it never ends you know, look at the handstand it's so many layers to handstand to hand balancing from a straightforward handstand to getting a good line to doing straddle handstand pipe straddle different entries one arm handstand you know there's there's so many i mean it's years and years and years of training uh, and that's one small aspect of the discipline or the, the container of movement so um so it's great like that you know never you never stop evolving and learning and growing it's it's all about developing the skill you know and and it's that thing once once you are upside down and you've got the handstand it's how do i perfect it how can i balance for a little bit longer how do i adjust this how do i get like you mentioned that that line 100 percent straight and you, you nailed it. it it it's literally hours days weeks years of practice and development and speaking to people and learning from people and practicing and putting the time in for yourself to you till you master it and even then once you have mastered it there's still some things you'll probably look at and go oh yeah i could tighten that up a little bit more yeah and things you have to come back to you know you get to a certain point with things there's this whole i mean i had um a conversation with a friend recently about being a generalist versus being a specialist and 
I would always beat myself up because I do so many things because I love doing them all, <laughs> but I don't do anything to a ridiculously high standard. I'm not a hand balancer and I'm not a parkour coach. and I'm not, um, I dabble in lots of things. You know, the, the outcome of the conversation was that you probably need to specialize to a degree or to a point in order to go and leave that skill, you know, have that in the bank and go away and then come back to it and just keep it. But that doesn't mean you can't be working on multiple things. But there again, it, it goes back to your program. Nobody's program or no two people's programs will ever look the same. And I mean, what you just said right now is a testament to that. Everybody wants to work on something different at a different rate and a different intensity level. So if you as a trainer or a coach are kind of just cookie cutting programs, you're not only doing your clients and your your athletes a disservice, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're never going to evolve out of that. You're never going to really challenge yourself. If that's, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But if you're looking to be a coach or a trainer that people look to for advice and help, you know, you're going to have to understand how to develop individuals' programs, not just to get a certain result, but to help your client or your athlete get to the result they want. And I think that's a big, you know, that was very important to me when we set the business up. We It, it sounds ridiculous to say it's not about money, but it's not really about money. I mean, obviously it would be great to be, have some kind of financial freedom off the back of having a business, of course. You gotta pay the bills. Yeah, but really it was like, look, let's just get 12 people in a class and give them really good hands-on coaching. And let's make sure that every single person's name gets said out loud and everyone gets hands-on coaching in that hour and everyone gets something some feedback something they could be working on or developing or even if it's a pat on the back you know let's just make sure that we're looking after individual people in in a group setting which which you know from my experience in fitness just didn't happen i mean i got shouted at a couple of times in the spin class that's probably the only time i <laughs> We're probably not turning the knob up, but not not turning the knob enough times, right? In the... There's a gap in a space where this is an option. There are ways to do it, and knowing you for for a while now, seeing what you're doing, it's not easy, but it is possible. And as you mentioned here, it, it there are ways to give enough attention to somebody that they feel that they're benefiting while creating a a space where they can train together because. Again, you know, not everybody has that option to train on their own, train with a, a dedicated personal trainer. It's great if you can, but there also needs to be a place where you can go and be with your tribe, be with your community, be with your, your group and get a good level of training, coaching and, and guidance. And you have that mix just right. Thank you, mate. Well, we do. Tr yeah. Tribe. Find your tribe is our tagline. Our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> find your tribe um and uh yeah that is our, our tagline you know on our t-shirts and stuff and and we really do feel like it's important in life you know not just in, in fitness obviously that's one tribe but you know we all want need want to be part of a tribe and want to kind of feel part of a community and you want that community we want to be able to give to that community and feel supported by that community and that's kind of you know we have a whole separate section of the business now which is kind of like the culture of local motion um, and that is all about reinforcing and building that kind of tribal element um, we have tribal gatherings where we take people out of the gym to put all these skills into practice whether it be kite surfing or wakeboarding or 
climbing, um, axe throwing, you know, riding electric skateboards down, <laughs> down at the South Bank. So yeah, we're always trying to, to work on that. And it's a difficult thing to nail, but we're very fortunate. I mean, look, during lockdown, we have only been held together by our tribe and by the support of the tribe. So if any of them are listening to this, big thank you. Yeah, we, we salute you. If you are listening, great. Thank you very much. It's been great having you listen to Simon's experience. And I know it would mean a load to him if you subscribed to the podcast and gave us a rating. This helps other people like you to find out about our podcast and get Simon's story out to those who would benefit from it. Thanks. Now back to the podcast. You know, moving into the future of your coaching, your training, your, your own development, local motion, what do you think the fitness world, the fitness industry is going to take away from the situation right now? Where do you think the health, fitness and wellness industry is going to be heading in, in the next few months, in the next few years? I really don't know. I think I can talk about where I hope it's headed. I would like to think it's headed towards I mean, I would love what I what I'm part, part, I guess what we kind of pioneering in London. Um, although obviously there are other people now offering similar things, which is great. You know, I'd like to see more of that. I think the language around training now. I think movements become a, a buzzword even in big gyms, and I think there's a fear that word could become a little bit overused and in put and uh, used in the wrong context. But but yeah, I really do hope people just find out how hard bodyweight training can be, but at the same time, build confidence to develop their own practice at home. Um, I think it's forced people to go and buy some equipment. And even if that leads to them coming home from their respective gym and doing a few bit of accessory work or working on mobility, or, I mean, I hope people have been reaching out. This, the other amazing thing, you know, is that we've, we've obviously been forced to go to teach on a virtual platform, but as have many other brilliant spaces all over the world. You know, if I wanted to now, I could do a class with someone in New York or do a, a mobility class with some cool yoga guy in Costa Rica, if I wanted to. It's opened up a whole world of opportunity and hopefully broadened people's horizons, I guess. At the, at the same time, it's kind of forced a simplicity on people it's forced people to kind of train in a very simple stripped back way um which i think is great because um it's one thing to go into a gym and throw 40 kilos on an olympic bar and bash out some squats but maybe now people have been forced to work on their resting squat and their range and now they'll go back into the gym with more range of motion be more powerful as a result that's the kind of direction i i kind of hope things will will go I think if you look at um, popular media um, around the kind of fitness magazines and things are kind of moving that way, it seems. I think, you know, Wim Hof's a great example. I don't know how many people now on my Instagram feed are doing like ice bars in the morning or climbing into wheelie bins and on the patio at 6am. But, you know, that's great. I mean, part of you thinks like, oh, everyone's jumping on this stuff now. But then I think, well, OK, it's cool. At least, you know, they've, they've, if they've got an audience, great. You know, there's, there's a, the ripple effect is, is starting now. And uh, there is a beauty in the simplicity of training with your own body weight, running over distance, you know, having that kind of time, reaching that point. You know, I know from not running a huge amount, but, you know, reaching that level of fitness, as we were discussing uh, last time we spoke, reaching that level of fitness with anything, if it's movement where you're sort of able to improvise on the floor or, you know, flow in handstand or whatever it might be, or if you can go out for a run and you're not thinking about how heavy your legs are anymore, you're thinking about how beautiful nature is that you're running through and you're tuning into the sound of birds singing. And I would like to think that 
that's the way things are moving. But there are people who are now starting to see the benefits of the connection between you and nature going on these these day-long runs. You know, you're not running the whole time. So it's it's not a case of, well, I can't do it because I'm not that fit. Yeah, great. You can develop that fitness. That is the whole thing. You don't just get to run in nature for a day and be able to take it all in. You've got to earn that with all that hard work. And the same thing with handstands. You've got to earn it. But along that way, you start to pick up things and you start to find the enjoyment in the, the, the little bits and pieces that go along with it. You know, what happens to my body at 10 hours into a run? What happens to my feet if I run in flat tissues versus, you know, these pumped up foam things? In the future, I reckon you're right. We're going to have a combination of online and, and in-person face-to-face and access to some of the coolest people around and again you know you guys you have the studio you have the space i can't see why you couldn't be teaching guys in new york and costa rica and them tuning into you to go oh man that's something exciting guys like you trainers like you people who see exercise and health in a different light just going to keep climbing and climbing and it may not be this whack on social media I guarantee you, your your name's out there in, in big, bold letters already. Thank you, mate. Well, I think, you know, it's nice talking to you as a runner because if you look at the kind of the natural order of things, we as kind of one of the most complex, adaptable species on the planet who have arguably, arguably become one of the most dysfunctional, yeah. <laughs> lazy species on the planet. I think what we need to pay attention to now, and I th- again, I hope this has happened during lockdown, is the simple things that we as humans can do and enjoy um, which are running swimming maybe people you know climbing um i'm sure there's a lot of adults right now in playgrounds and i think that's you know that's all, what i want is I, my passion really is getting people into this kind of movement and body weight uh, lifestyle and the culture that surrounds that and there's so much to go, that goes with it and it's not for everyone I've done them but they're not really my thing you know i'd rather get up and have a hot i'd rather have a cold shower after jiu-jitsu or something Okay, cool, signing up. But not the first thing in the morning. I need a hot shower. Yeah, I think there are natural things that we 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 innately uh, should be able to do. You know, squatting, jumping, climbing, hanging, uh, you know, and with hanging, brachiating, like swinging from one thing to another. And these are all like, these all things, these things can be fun. And all these things should be part of our training. So I think if, if a guy wants to go into a gym and like get super ripped, cool. But, you know, you can do that. I think this is the the myth is that you can't do that using body weight training, you know, you can't do that um, swimming and running and climbing and you can build incredible physique incredibly functional, adaptable physique uh, climbing, for example, you know, which is a real life skill. Um, you have to be very mobile. You have to be very strong. Olympic lifters, you know, if you look at high level Olympic lifters, they can do the splits, they can do the pancake, they can bridge. They're incredibly mobile. We see people in the gym sacrificing range of motion for and essentially freedom of movement for another two and a half kilos on, on the end. The, the, the focus, the, the emphasis is maybe in the wrong place. In terms of sustainability and enjoyment, you know, if that's going to be a big part of what and why we're doing something. You know, I know guys who are incredible Olympic lifters, for example, and also incredible parkour athletes and actually go very well together. 
but the parkour is like more of a physical expression of like what they can do with their bodies. And the Olympic lifting is in the technique and the strength, you know, to jump from one wall to another or um, land safely or, you know, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I'm always, I'm always keen. I think that's the nice thing about being a coach and having a, a broad background of disciplines is that you can bring different things to the table. If you're working with someone, it's always a mix of things. It's never, you must do this, you know, this is the method the methods constantly it's organic and constantly evolving and some people don't want to do pull-ups and some people obsess about doing pull-ups so the last part of of what we want to chat about or, or what i want to find out from you you've you've been in the industry for for some time you've had a chance to meet some really cool really knowledgeable um coaches and, and trainers you know who who do you kind of follow who do you speak to who do you work with to kind of develop your knowledge and, and who do you think you know the the listeners would be interested in kind of finding out more about yeah i've, I've been very lucky um I've, I've made sure um even while setting up the business which obviously took a lot of my time that i continued to attend workshops and seminars and and uh keep my mind and my body as fresh as i could um and i've and i've worked with some great people in different disciplines um just throw some names out. Um, Yuri Marmestein, um, an amazing hand balance and acrobat, um, who's you guys to check out. It's very, he puts up some great content. Um, most recently, Cameron Shane, the founder of Budokan in Miami, who I believe has now moved to Montana. Um, he blends yoga and calisthenics and martial arts um, into a style called Budokan. Um, the, the guy who kind of got me started and got me into it all, um, Ido Portal, who's kind of the daddy of movement, movement culture. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy to go to and, and, and look at for, for all the kind of things that we aspire to do. And he's someone that I will continue to go back to and train with over the years as and when I can. Yeah, and I think once you start following a few of those guys, obviously the algorithm will do the rest and start firing people up and you know so many rabbit holes yeah there's so many rabbit holes to go down i mean a lot of people do get into one thing you know they want to do hand balancing or they, you know you you start off doing a little bit of everything and then you really want to get into the gymnastic rings you really want to get into acrobatics or floor work or so you can go down rabbit holes but ido's probably the, the guy the one guy who's pulled all those things together um into a kind of a package if you like and devoted himself to training in each of these disciplines under some other great teachers and woven them all into a kind of system. Some really, really good, good names out there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that information in the show notes, um, along with links to local motion website. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put some other information down there for you and people who are listening and interested can check you out, see what you're all about and maybe join in if, uh, if they're in London. And even if they're not in London at the moment, you can still catch up with you and, and take it from there. Amazing. That'd be great. And if, yeah, of course we're running online sessions at the moment, um, hand balancing, gymnastic strength, um, animal flow, floor work. Um, so yeah, if you want to jump in online, you can, and if you're in London, come and see us. We will welcome warmth into the tribe. Good luck in the future. And uh, you and I are definitely going to catch up and, uh, and keep this conversation going. 100%, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Cheers for now.